0: Hey there, I'm Brittany, and this is the Milkweed Musings Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you are all doing well in these crazy times. Um, I'm now in week eight of isolation. Memories of the old world are starting to get a little bit blurry, and masks and gloves and sanitizer and hand washing and social distance are definitely a new normal. They're not as traumatizing as they used to be. I remember the first couple times doing groceries during isolation was quite traumatic and anxiety inducing, um, but things are getting a little bit easier to handle now. Working from home has a good rhythm to it, and the paranoia seems to have decreased a little bit. I've been spending as much time as possible outside, which makes things easier and puts it all into perspective. So I just want to say that I hope you are all doing well and I hope you can find some joy and peace and love in each day during these times. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to jump right into it. No um, logistics or announcements today. Um, all of my previous episodes have been me talking about plants as if they are beings. As if they have some sort of like human trait to them, as if they have like a spirit, a soul, personality, and I understand that this may be a new concept or idea for a lot of people. I also understand that it might seem a little crazy for some people. Some of you might totally agree, and that's fantastic, and thank you for everyone for listening, but today I just want to take a step back and look at this idea as Plants as Beings. I want to dive into the science behind this to show you that there is some evidence of plants having some form of sentience, and I want to look at how plant spirit medicine is what I've really been talking about for all of these episodes so far. Okay, so let's dive right into the science. When I was researching this, I did notice that a lot of the same names kept coming up in all of the articles that I was finding. seems to be that there are some leaders in the field of plant ecology, and plant spirit research. Um, Monica, Monica Gagliano and Daniel Chemovitz have extensively studied plants in the context of learning, thinking, and memory. This field of research is striving to determine whether plants are what we call sentient beings. In other words, do plants have a stream of consciousness? And if we look at the definition of consciousness, you'll see words come up like awareness and knowledge and perception. So the question is, are plants aware of what's going on around them? Can they perceive external stimuli? Science is actually proving that they can. It's pretty darn cool. Um, It gets complicated with these words and these definitions. You know, it's a little bit gray on exactly what consciousness is. But if you were to say simply that consciousness means awareness, knowledge, and perception, then science has proven that plants have these things. So by definition, can we call plants conscious? It's not quite that simple though, right? It's not quite the same as human consciousness, or is it? There's a lot of confusion, and a lot of gray area around this topic. It's really difficult for us using our words to describe what human consciousness and what sentience is. So I just want to look at the studies here to, to show you what is happening in regards to science and plants. There are a few studies that have shown that plants have memory and that they can learn and that they can make decisions. So a big example out there is something called the Mimosa Plant Study. This was done by Monica Gagliano and her colleagues. So they dropped mimosa plants from a height and the first few drops that the plants experienced, they immediately curled their leaves up in like a a defensive response. But after this happened a few times, after they were dropped a few times, the drop no longer caused that response of the curling of the leaves. And then they waited a month to drop the plants again with no drops in between and the plants still didn't curl their leaves. So the scientists came to the conclusion that this meant that the plants learned that dropping wasn't going to harm them and they no longer needed to take a defensive response. And it also means that they have memory. They remembered that for an extended period of time, that information. There's also been studies that show That plants know when we are near them. They can actually recognize different wavelengths of light. So they know when we are standing over them, and they know whether we're wearing a blue shirt or a red shirt. So those are just a couple examples of studies showing knowledge, awareness, and perception. There's also the issue of choice and decision making, which is an integral part of being human, But plants also have the capacity to make decisions, and science has proven this. Um, Researchers have also found that plants are actually doing, quote unquote, mathematical calculations. One study found that a mustard family plant would calculate how much starch was produced that day during photosynthesis and how much was needed to get through the night before dawn. And it would calculate how much starch to use. So they found every morning 95% of the starch was was used up, no matter how much the plants started with. So the plants were making decisions overnight whether to conserve or use freely the starch that they had. Another study demonstrates a plant's intelligence and decision-making skills, and it found that the root systems did not grow toward recorded sounds of flowing water but they did grow toward the real thing which was like water flowing in a sink so the plant could determine whether it was recorded sound or the real thing and then when the plants were given a choice of water flowing in a sink versus water flowing in the ground they immediately chose to go to the natural water flowing through the ground so that's pretty cool too um, and we can look at movement so Something that is really important for animals and humans is movement, right? So plants are definitely stuck in one spot. They're rooted to the ground. But they do move, right? They grow and they flower and they lean towards the sun and then they they change shape at night, whether it be closing or leaning in a different direction. And then there's recognition. Plants have been studied to show that they can actually recognize themselves and others, others being different plants. So if the roots in the ground come in contact with each other in the ground, the plant will know whether it is its own roots or another plant's roots. And then one major human trait is the ability to communicate. So when like plants can do this as well. Plants can communicate with each other. That's been proven many times. That's one of the first things that we we kind of discovered about plants. There's lots of books about this, lots of articles. It's kind of a big topic these days. But when plants and trees are attacked by pests, they actually release chemicals into the air to warn fellow plants and trees that there is a pest. So the trees and plants that are receiving this message, receiving these airborne chemicals, they will produce more of a certain compound made to deter the pests from eating it. So these plants are communicating with each other and helping each other out for survival. And then the roots of the plants can also communicate underground. They can share nutrients and resources. So if there's, say, a large forest with a bunch of birch trees, If there's a few or one birch tree that's not doing well, then all of the other trees will send this unwell tree nutrients and resources through the ground via the roots. So all of this is to say that, yes, plants can learn, they can communicate, they can make decisions, and they can recognize each other. All of these traits sound an awful lot like traits that we attribute to the human brain and the human psyche. But obviously plants don't have brains and they don't have nervous systems. They don't have nerves running through them. So this is a point that philosophers talk about a lot. Um, They point out that it wouldn't make sense for a plant to have an actual brain because one strong wind or one bite from a grazing animal would just, if it got the part with the brain in it, it would just kill the plant. So these philosophers also suggest that if plants do have some sort of self, quote-unquote self, that it is likely dispersed throughout the whole plant and not contained with any one structure. That way it can survive if it's damaged. So I could go down a rabbit hole of philosophy off of that, that last sentence there, but I'm not going to. I'm going to spare you that. Instead, I encourage you to read some articles. I've got them attached in the show notes. So please check those out. A lot of them go down that rabbit hole. If you want to kind of dive into that, I would I would leave you with the question, what is it about humanism that makes us conscious and that gives us a self? Right? We really need to define that question before we can start to compare ourselves to plants and ask if they have consciousness. Um, and then there's one more aspect to this that I want to mention. It has to do with plant spirits, right? So we talk about plants as beings, then we have to look at the idea that they have a spirit. There's actually a whole field out there called plant spirit medicine. The people who practice plant spirit medicine, they don't look at the chemicals in a plant like an herbalist would. They don't look at what it's used for by the textbook. They work with solely the spirit of the plant, and they actually strive to create relationship with the plants. It's, it's a spiritual practice, and it's deeply rooted in intuition, so it's a, little, it's a different experience for everyone who practices it. And before modern medicine and modern science, this was a major part of ancient people's medicine and, and living. They worked with the plants, and they would let the plants speak to them and tell them what ailment they could cure. So we're running out of time. I'm going to come full circle here. I, I do speak about plants as if they are beings. And the reason I do that is because there is science proving how incredibly intelligent and full of life these, these plants are. But it also it's also because of experiences that I have had with plants and because of the beliefs I have about the spirits of plants. It also has to do with showing respect to the plants. When we speak to plants as if they are beings, and when we speak of them and treat them like they're beings, it creates a respect, right? And that—that that is a lot of what herbalism is about, is treating plants with respect, taking care of them so that they can take care of us, and also creating relationship with them to to keep them safe in the environment, to preserve them to avoid having any more plants go into extinction or on the endangered list. So all of those ideas kind of wrap themselves up in herbalism, and they all come together nicely there. Um, so I, do, I want you guys to think about that a little bit. Think about how you can create a respectful relationship with plants in the natural world. And I want you to ask yourself, do you believe that plants have a spirit? If your answer is yes, tell me why. If your answer is no, tell me why not. So um, reach out to me on Instagram at RockyRoseHerbals, leave a comment on the post for this episode, or send me a DM. And I would also really appreciate if you share this episode and keep the conversation going. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you all are healthy and well. We'll talk to you next week. Radiance and roses. Quickly, and-